You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. All right, we're over 100 years away from the Civil War, and the hottest topic in the world right now is talking about Civil War statues. Uh, this is We Are Libertarians Daily. I am joined by Sarah Brady Wagner, and she is a fantastic host. I, not to discredit myself, I am Hody Johns, your other host, but uh, Sarah might have an edge on me a little bit through experience. Uh, Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, and I, I think you, you sell yourself short a little there. Hody, you are definitely our most reliable. <laughs> as far as consistent get a hold of, that happens when you have no social life. So, oh. so or you dedicate that whole social <laughs> life to the libertarian cause. I think there is what I'm go. supposed to say. Uh, so uh, this is something that you've actually spent a great deal of time on. So I have. The format so, might be a little different. I might just ask you a few questions and have you reveal your your many many talks to a new audience. Yeah, so when it comes to Confederate statues, the uh, to me, the, the perfect example for this and the reason that I've ended up talking about this so much is uh, actually a very local situation for me. I live in North Carolina, uh, and we have, uh, actually in the city that I used to work in, Chapel Hill, is where there's a particular statue that has been involved in uh, just a saga that has unfolded over literally years now. Uh, having to do with what to do with this one Confederate monument statue. Uh, it does a really good job of just kind of showing the different sides of the argument. And um, to me, it's something that if you walk away thinking it's a simple answer, then you, you maybe have missed some of the details. It's, it's many complexities and many different things to consider, as with so many other issues in our, uh, in our debates and, and the reason we have them. Uh, now, let me ask you, was this statue, especially in your community, I find that the majority of them were actually erected after the Civil War, most during the FDR administration. Is that, the, is that true of the statue in your community as well, or is it all the way from the Confederate era? Uh, so uh, the statue in Chapel Hill that I'm talking about, uh, which is referred to as Silent Sam, uh, it was put up after the Civil War. Uh, I believe it was one of the earlier statues that was put up. But what differs it from a lot of the statues that you may have seen um, in the news is most of the statues that are put up are of generals, are of um, specific figures who were involved in the war. Uh, but then there are also uh, statues that the debate is slightly different over. Silent Sam is one of them, where they are statues that are considered uh, objects of remembrance for soldiers who died. So when you're dealing with the discussion over what the monument uh, symbolizes and means, that's your first point where you end up hitting into, you know, complication and conflict because it really depends on who you ask. Uh, but when you're talking about, so, uh, you know, statues that glorify literally generals of, you know, the Confederate Army, that's a bit of a different conversation than Silent Sam, who is a statue of an enlisted Confederate soldier, uh, specifically one of the students that went to the UNC. And when it comes to, you know, the University of North Carolina, because it was in North Carolina, all of the students who were conscripted, which is another important factor of this, is that they were dealing with soldiers who were forced into uh, battle. They're not volunteers. 
So um, I know a little bit for the Confederate Army. Yeah, I know a little bit about Silent Sam just because it was big in the news. Now that you're right, that one was earlier. That one was 1913. That was uh, Woodrow Wilson presiding, another libertarian favorite. Uh, but the and and everything he said was true. Now you say is I was under the impression that it had been pulled down. Is that yes? Not, it has. Okay. Spoiler so, alert, it's been pulled well, down. Well, okay. it has been pulled down, but that does not mean that the debate is over. And so let me kind of backtrack here to, to walk you through a little bit of a timeline of what had happened. So we have all of these debates that start happening. People want to, you know, change the names of certain buildings on campus to no longer glorify, you know, Confederate generals or uh, people who were involved in slavery, things like that. Um, and then it turns to a discussion of the statues of silent sam um which during 2015 starts to regularly be vandalized in a variety of ways there's just uh, graffiti with saying uh you know murderers kkk spray painting black lives matter and um who so that goes to even you know, blindfolding the statue with a confederate flag just lots of uh, symbolic protests that kind of continue to spurn more conversation within the community about the meaning uh, and the future of these statues. Um, this just continues throughout all of 2016 um, and gets to the point where the problem that they're facing here is that in 2015, when this started, the General Assembly was in North Carolina was one of several states that decided to pass a law uh, under the guise of historical um, preservation that said you cannot move any statues on public property, any historical markers or monuments on public property without the prior approval of the Historic Commission, which since its creation um, to current date has not actually approved anything being moved. Uh, which brings us to kind of the next set in this law. Um, or in this this whole story in this saga. One thing that you hear come up a lot in these debates, because this is not the only monument that's been torn down. You know, you had monuments that have been torn down in other areas by, you know, mob violence, essentially. Uh, is, you know, the you hear a lot, they should have done it the right way. Well, when it comes to Silent Sam, there was a genuine concerted effort to do it the right way. Um, there were multiple plans that were actually submitted to the Historical Commission for different ways to um, move Silent Sam to kind of clarify the messaging around him. So some people said, you know, they, oh, I look at Silent Sam and I see it's just a symbol of white supremacy and oppression and, you know, glorifying the Confederacy and what it fought for. Um, other people look at it and they say, you know, it's, it's just signifying history and, it, you know, we should take it within the context of that history. Uh, but there's also an argument that when it was initially put up by the Daughters of the Confederacy, it was intended as a, it was intended to scorn and to mark um, the unacceptability of conscripting scholars and making soldiers of them uh, and sending them off to die in battle. That um, has been mentioned by multiple people that that was the original idea and intent behind the statue. But when it was actually dedicated, <clears throat> Julian Carr 
gave a speech dedicating the statue and made uh, multiple just blatant racist comments. He even glorified uh, a memory of whipping a black woman uh, nearby where the statue was being dedicated. Uh, and that has really, you know, caused that issue of, of what is the meaning of the statue? Is it, should you go to original intent? Should you go to modern interpretation? Or should you go to the way that it was actually dedicated? You know, who is to say what a statue means at any time? There's that statue of the bull and the little girl near Wall Street where people talk about, that's been so misconstrued now that it, it's hard to... It's hard to even go back to the place where it originally meant the artist's intent because society's view of it is just so much different in the way we look mm-hmm. at it. You know, and here's the breakdown for me. on what, And the reason it's so complicated an issue, especially for me, I love history. I love culture. I hate censorship. I think we have to learn from these things. I don't love when people, I mean... It feels like one of those, you know, when when cities would beat other countries, even if those countries were doing something bad, when they they go and destroy all their artwork, I'm just, part of me dies a little on the inside, because I say, even if it's wrong, there's something to learn from there. And then, on the other hand, I really hate public parks. I really hate racism. I hate Jim Crow. I, I hate that era. I hate what it stood for. I hate the Civil War. I hate the treason. So I'm stuck between these passions of things that I love and these things that I hate. And I think that might be why it inspires so many powerful feelings on both sides. And I kind of relate to both sides and what they're talking about because it's, it's a strong feeling. And then I'm stuck between trying to mix two really powerful elements, if you will, and surprise, surprise, they kind of explode when you put them together. I mean, people are dying because of these protests and counter protests. So it's 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 really interesting because that's exactly um, kind of what the story of Silent Sam showed us that uh, there are people in the community both you know who are there because they work and you know are, are students of or faculty of the university but there's also people there who are just North Carolina natives and who see this differently and when it came to trying to come up with uh, proposals to give to the historical commission of what should be happen to Silent Sam. Uh, the community really came together and it, they've come up and continued to come up with some really novel solutions uh, and presenting them to the historical commission every single time they're knocked down. Um, specifically, it's interesting, you also mentioned the, the statue of the little girl uh, and the bull. Yes. That has all to do with placement. Uh, you know, placement has so much to do with how we interpret um, something. And in the case of Silent Sam, one of the recommendations that was made and struck down was to move him to a different place on campus, uh, specifically to have him standing across from the armory on campus, which to me, if the original intent is to make a statement about the soldierizing of scholars, that makes a much more clear statement to have this statue of a conscripted soldier standing across from the armory. Um, That was knocked that would you know that was just struck down as an option though as every option of where you can move him has been to <clears throat> which allowed um some groups in chapel hill to actually challenge the law that was passed in 2015 um on the grounds that it was being inconsistently enforced or it was not being enforced to the letter of the law um the basic argument behind it was saying that the law says that it can be moved as long as there is a 
uh, as long as there is agreement and it is being moved to a place of equal honor. Uh, and when everything that was uh, required in the law was fulfilled, the historical commission still rejected them. And therefore, it could be said that the historical commission was not upholding the law itself. The historical commission was using the law as a guise to you know, enforce the status quo. It's a situation where the community really did come together and grapple with this difficult issue and come to a solution that would at least appease all sides. And the government stepped in and said, no, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, it was a surprise. Yeah, and uh, and and in existing law, I mean, and I can see if you're not supposed to move them, you're not supposed to move them. But I think the intent here is, and in looking at it, popular opinion even among non uh, Southern states outside of the Confederate states is that they remain in place. Um, now it's hardly a consensus; it's a slight majority, but it's a majority nonetheless. But I think it's because people do value art and sculptures to some degree. I think when we see the destruction of of art in any way, or, or you know, statues, it kind of gives you kind of the sick feeling in your stomach a little bit, um, regardless of what it's about. I mean, I I I've seen some. Uh, Nazi art that managed to survive, and of course, I hate almost all of it, but I'm not going to tear it up. Like, I would make myself sick to tear it up, because I think it's important that people see if this is something that happened. Now, what you said, the intent was it was actually pretty positive, especially among libertarians. Constri- conscription is awful, right? Drafts are terrible, and it's one of those things, boy, I wish we had learned the real message of Silent Sam going into... Uh, Going into World War II, going into the Vietnam War, uh, Korea, you know, all those things that we've had to use drafts for, all those conflicts. I wish that we learned our lesson from that statue. But, I mean, unfortunately, that statue has come to mean something else. Um, it's, it's, it's fascinating how art gets turned around that way. And I think art uh, is interpreted a lot of the time to mean something other than what it actually means. This goes back to the Fearless Girl statue again. That charging bull was supposed to be awesome. And now the Fearless Girl is awesome. The charging bull is kind of the villain because the the Fearless Girl got installed after the charging bull. Uh, and, and so the bull was originally supposed to be like, yeah, this is the toughness and coolness of Wall Street. And then there's this little girl standing, you know, defiant of it. And I like both messages, but the one comes at the expense of the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, everybody's got a right to, you know, I, I like the right to art. I think it's, we, we get these dicey libertarian issues when it becomes public because then I'm funding the maintenance of it regardless of how I feel of it or not. Right. And I, I tend to think, and, and I guess correct me or extrapolate if I'm wrong, uh, or I guess I can't be wrong in my opinion, but at least how I simply feel about it at the moment, if there's maybe information I'm not considering is that private, I, I would so love to see all of this privatized. I would love to see all of these, you know, somebody have like, hey, this is a Confederate museum park and it's my land and I'm going to do what I want with it because that really takes the onus off of the taxpayer to say, hey, I'm not paying for it. I can pay if I want to go see it. I'm not going to give my patronage because I don't like it or don't like what it stands for. But then we can still have it around, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, what would you say to, to that? Well, I'd say the, the debate really just centers around the statues that are there right now and what do you do with them. So if you're selling them off, you're going to have people who are going to make the argument that you're destroying history by doing that. You could just sell them off to people who may not honor them. You're taking them down from a position of honor 
to just be done with whatever a private buyer wants to do. Um, that can seem, you know, like destroying history to a lot of people. Um, unfortunately, we won't get to see the outcome of the lawsuit I mentioned before, because in order for the lawsuit to have gone forward and for the law to be challenged, you know, on the basis of you're not actually following the law, it, then to maintain standing in court, the statue also had to maintain, had to literally maintain standing. Right. Um, and in August of 2017, a, an event happened that I'm sure we all remember, which is the Charlottesville rally. Yeah. Uh, or Charlottesville protests or riots or whatever you want to call it um, that resulted in the death of Heather Heyer. Um, the, the, the just impact of that in the Chapel Hill community um, was very motivating and very angering for a lot of, particularly freshman students um, who maybe were new to the community. I mean, this is literally just as you're having students who are coming in um, from for the first time who are just new students. Uh, it's the beginning of the school year. There's not sufficient time for the people who are on campus who are working to try and legally be able to get rid of this and, you know, have the opportunity for private solutions to be made without government interference. Uh, the message did not get to them fast enough, and there ended up being a series of protests by the end of August that tore down uh, the Silent Sam statue and literally just threw a rope around and pulled it down to the ground, and the statue itself crumbled. And the following several months uh, has has really just been what seems like a never-ending cycle. Because Silent Sam has still not gone back up, but legally he has to. Because the law that I mentioned earlier not only requires that they cannot be moved, but it requires that if anything happens to them or if they are moved um, or if they're damaged, then they have to be repaired and placed back in the exact same spot within 90 days. Um, we are quite a bit away from 90 days out from August 2017 at this point um, because no solution could be found. And one of the reasons behind that was that you, the, the statue itself was not salvageable. So the conversation shifted from, you know, you can't just pick up the statue and put it back up. You have to spend money to try and commission a replica or you have to decide to do something different with them. And in this case, the, the pedestal is still in place, still being regularly vandalized. Um, and there are multiple commissions that are formed to come up with solutions for what to do. And once again, every solution that has been recommended has been struck down. Uh, and the commission's stance still just maintains, no, you have to put it back up. The last recommendation that was actually made by um, the Durham City Council was to, I thought was a really novel solution to kind of thread the needle on the problem. Uh, it was to take the original statue in its as-is form, crumpled, having been pulled down, and to put it back up uh, with a marker explaining its history uh, inside of one of the buildings and essentially, you know, a, kind of a museum space. But so that it would still may it would still be on campus. It would still be considered in a place of honor, uh, and it would be in exactly the condition that it was pulled down in. I I find it I find it fascinating, and I know these are two different levels of government. We're looking at federal and state here, but that they are so 
careful with this issue, issue that they've got several committees invested millions of dollars mm-hmm. had all these you know official you know government sanctioned organize, organized protests and and sit-ins and discussions and yet somehow it's like crazy easy to give a uh, autom- an automatic weapon to somebody in ISIS like i just i don't uh, like on one it seems like i understand that they're navigating laws and they're trying to be really thoughtful and then on the other hand, some level of government will just be like, oh, yeah, uh, arming arming gang lords in Mexico, that's fine. You know? No big deal. <laughs> like, that's no biggie. Like, they're just, I, 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 it seems like in, in, what, in one situation, which requires a lot of tact, they're being tactless. And then in this situation, where honestly doing one or the other would have been better. Like, either completely protecting it and getting some security there, or selling it to a private buyer. I mean, you might say they wouldn't have taken care of it, but they would have done better than that. You know, <laughs> or I, I have a, I have a friend who, who likes to say no is not a policy solution. Uh, and I feel like that's what's happened in this situation is that when the people in a community are faced with a problem and they're trying to solve it, it's really always frustrated by having to go to government and ask permission to solve your own problems. Uh, especially when the government's solution is just to say no. Because that's not a solution. You know, it's, there's no, there's no additional help. Whereas then when you have, like you're saying, there's parts in the federal government that are, you know, so steeped within the deep state that there's no one who is willing to say yes. Or who, who, there's no one who, you know, is willing to say no to people and is always just willing to say yes. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I think the community has to decide on, especially I think if you're paying, for the area that's in, the public needs to have another say on it. Now, if they say it stays up, then, you know, I, I, I don't like any of the public has to pay for anything, but I feel like if somebody gets a say on it, that's better than nobody. Uh, now, one final question for you. Let's say if, let, let's move off of, let's extrapolate Silent Sam. Getting away from that and going into maybe my hometown, which has a Confederate statue, or maybe some other piece of art that I don't like in a public place. Having navigated this yourself, what's your recommendation on preserving it and getting it out of public at the same time? What, what do we do as libertarians that that want to not pay for it but still want the thing to exist? How, how, where do we start? Well, I think we have to, you know, like you said before, we have to consider community standards. We have to consider community solutions to their own problems. And that, you know, the one community can decide to get rid of their Confederate statue while another community may still value and treasure theirs. I mean, it all comes back to, you know, that interpretation if difficulty. But anytime that you want to make a difference in your town, it always starts with you have to, you know, actually step and speak about that interpretation. Now, my my recommendation to anybody, if you are, you know, wanting to try and change something or get rid of a, a publicly funded piece of uh, you know, art that you find objectionable, is first to make sure that there's a law. There's not a law that won't allow you to do that. Um, sometimes there are laws even around around uh, art that's allowed to be displayed in public proper public areas. Um, that there can be, you know, some area, some some municipalities, some states. Uh, are very against censorship and some of them have it codified very well. That's one of the interesting things about just living in different communities is there are very different laws and very different expectations for people. Um, wow. You know, it's, it's, 
one of those things that really vary state to state. And I'm fascinated also by how it plays out in some of the northern states who don't have these kinds of laws where, you know, the state is preventing the cities and the municipalities from taking action. Because we have we have some very segregated, you know, blue cities. And that's really where most of these uh, debates have happened. We have a lot of Confederate monuments that there's no conversation around because they were in more rural areas where the people don't have as big of an issue with them. Well, like you said, I mean, and this is, I guess we'll wrap up here, but knowledge is power. I mean, this is how we how we make change is to inform the community and that and let that stir their feelings. Mm-hmm. I think if people in North Carolina had viewed this as a monument against conscription, then uh, we might be having a different debate. Yeah, completely. People would be I imagine that most people are completely against conscription. And I think that it'd be standing, and I think especially college-age kids would be against it. But, right, you know, lack of knowledge has meant that that statue is about Jim Crow. Yeah, you know, no, and lack of knowledge happens when we don't have conversations. You know, it's easy to call somebody a libtard. It's not necessarily always as easy, <clears throat> excuse me, or as quick to sit down and say, okay, let me honestly listen to where you're coming from and consider that you have a different perspective. Yeah, I... Totally agree. So yeah, just, uh, and the best place to do that is keep listening to our podcast, keep listening for uh, Sarah and uh, myself, and we'll keep uh, keep researching and keep bringing you what we find. Again, this is not a one-way conversation. We'd love to hear from you, the Facebook group, the Discord. You can find us in our new book club on Goodreads. Uh, Many, many ways to get a hold of us and share your thoughts on the issue. We value all your input. Uh, most of your inputs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> please, if you're in our Facebook group, you know, let us know what, uh, you know, has happened if there's a different story around a Confederate monument in your town or, you know, maybe not a Confederate monument after all, maybe something that's religious. Bingo. Well, Sarah, great talking with you again and uh, I look forward to talking to you later in the week. All right, till next time. <laughs>